Welcome to the Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer. Join us as Deb talks with her guests, experts in their fields, as they share real-life stories and techniques to power up your business. Good morning, good morning. I am Deb Creer, and I am passionate about working with professionals to show them how to use the tools to make themselves and their businesses as successful as possible. We're going to talk about so many things today that it's just going to leave your head spinning, but we're talking about marketing, we're talking about inspiration, we're talking about technology, we're talking about holy schmoly, whatever we can fit in. So please join me today in welcoming Michael Babcock to our program. Thanks, Deb. It's a pleasure to be here. You know, we really are going to have so much fun because you have done so much. And, um, you know, it's it really is just amazing. So let me tell folks just a little bit about you. So blind since birth, Michael was an assistive technology instructor in Alaska until the sudden unexpected passing of his mom. And he moved to Montana at that point. He enjoys the transformation of his ideas and knowledge that pe- that that can give to people. He is fast talking and filled with information and he is ready to wow our audience with all of the knowledge that he has acquired. So again, Michael, welcome. Thanks. And uh, I, I love hearing my bio. And I'll tell you a tool that definitely helped me with getting that to you. It's text expander. I, I forgot that I wrote all that up and I write semicolon bio when someone asks for a bio and just shoot it off to you. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. Well, you know, let's really talk a lot about first let's technology. And I'm just uh, curious minds want to know you spend a lot of time at the computer. Yeah. What types of tools do you use? Um, because a lot of it, <clears throat> like one thing, um, I had surgery on a hand one time and people said I should learn how to do voice typing and, and things like that. So a lot of technology can be used by a variety of people. But how do you use technology to, to help you with your tasks? Okay. So before we get into it, if anyone wants to get references to any of the technology I mentioned in today's episode, you can go to yourownpay.com forward slash MHR. And uh, Friday, I'll shoot you a reference link to anything I mentioned, because I'll have to go back and listen and and remember what all I mentioned. (laughs) Well, and and we'll link to that on Facebook page too. Awesome. So the tools that I use now have kind of changed to mainstream technology. Okay. Uh, And in the past, I used to use assistive technology and that specific software or hardware that would allow me to interact with a computer. Because being completely blind, I can't just sit in front of a computer, wiggle the mouse and see what's on the screen. I have to have something read it to me. Now, Mm -hmm. I am familiar with all the keyboard commands and everything on both Windows and Mac. So... On the Mac, which is what I primarily use, thank you, Apple, I use a software called VoiceOver. And if you press Command F5 on any Macintosh computer, it will start talking to you. And the beautiful thing about the Mac is it will walk you through a self-guided tutorial to learn how to quickly get started with it. And I forget about that tutorial when I'm telling people how they can test their software and applications for accessibility because that's Mm -hmm. a big issue. And then VoiceOver is also available on the iPhone. And now Windows 10 has – Microsoft's made some – got to give them – got to commend them because they've made some amazing leaps in accessibility. And now they have a built-in screen reader, which is – I don't know if it's comparable to VoiceOver. However, I've heard some raving reviews on it. It used to be that you had to pay $1,200 for a software to use the $800 computer you just bought. Holy 
Holy and God. I'm glad to say it's not that way anymore. There's also a free screen reader called NVDA for Windows as well. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's funny because one of the things that you do is is marketing and and, and do you design websites? I, I I'm getting out of that business. Okay. Well, you know, it's but the the technique that really struck me as you were saying something about checking on your text, that's it's not specific just for someone who is visually impaired. Because if, say, you've designed a website that doesn't flow well if someone is reading it or if the computer is reading it, you know, whoever is right. reading it, then your the people aren't going to get the right information. Um, you know, maybe you've got a website that is way too image heavy or hops around a lot, you know, with, with the text, all those various things. So I think it's very important for people to realize there's a definite skill when you are writing the text for your website. So this, I, I love that tool to be able to think, okay, it's not, it, because it is, it's reading it back to you. So it's like, okay, well, what's it, what's it like if somebody's reading it? Well, and not only that, but think about the people who, number one, just can't use a mouse, uh, right. arthritis. They can't mm-hmm. hold a mouse in their hand. Mm-hmm. Touchpads are great, but, you know, uh, I, I also worked with a gentleman who has no movement from his neck down. Right. So think about how your website can be navigated to where someone might have to say, click on the About Us page mm-hmm. to a, a system because – Think about it, Kindle, or, or not Kindle, but uh, Echo, and uh, what's that other one, Google Home. A right. lot of these are coming into your home. What if someone wants to tell their personal assistant in the future, go to Michael's website and tell me what's on his About Me page? Right. And if you don't have, you know, maybe you've just got a picture, or you've got a sentence, you know, things yeah. like that, you're like, oh, well, that's not going to work. And then, of course, you know, the big guy, Google, you know, Google itself, <laughs> they love text. You know, they, it, whatever it is, the, the entity of Google. And because when it's indexing sites in their search engines, it doesn't look, I mean, yes, the, it does look at pictures because that's why it's mm-hmm. put captions and things like that. But it really wants the text. That is how it's going to know how to put you in the search field. And the interesting thing is if you do any research into AI and I'm really trying to stay away from it, I use an artificial assistant called Amy. X.ai is the website. And mm-hmm. literally I carbon copy Amy on an email and I say, hey, Deb, let's set up an interview sometime in the next couple of weeks. And I, the rest of it's hands off. You'll get emails from Amy following up with you to get something scheduled on our appointment and, or on our calendar. When she gets something scheduled on my calendar, I get a notification on my computer that says, hey, you have a new meeting with Amy. Or you have a new meeting with Deb. It's been arranged by Amy, and it's all branded to you, uh, and that's all hands-off. But that's all automated, and Google's starting to pick up on images. And people I, – I don't know this, but people who aren't properly tagging their images and they're just trying to use the alt tags for SEO because I see that used way too many times. Mm-hmm. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if in one of these updates, Google says, hey, you're just trying to spam the alt tag of that image right. when those alt tags are supposed to be helping blind users get more information mm-hmm. about what's available in that image. Right. You know, and, and just having one, two, three, four dot JPEG, <laughs> it, it, no, you know, folks, that's, that's not going to work either. So really think about how you're doing the tagging of your images. Um, and, and, you know, as, as you said, Michael, Google figures stuff out really fast. Yeah. You know, I remember way back when I first started designing websites, one of the things was, you know, you put in keywords and you still put in keywords. But people would put their competitors in there, mm-hmm. you know, hoping that, you know, say I'm the little store down the street, I'd put Walmart in there, you know, or something. And, of course, Google figured that one out really oh, fast. Yeah. Um, 
But it, it is something that people need to keep in mind is how do people find your site? You know, and, and, and what, what are the tools that, that you need to, to have? Exactly. And what are they what are they doing when they get to your website? Because technology is changing and how they're going to interact with that is changing a lot. You asked about uh, in the beginning of this, how I interact with technology on my iPhone. This technology has only been available, I would say, for the past year. I don't know exactly what month they announced it. But talking about images and identification, when I'm going through my news feed on Facebook, everyone's posting images. Right. And if they're not adding descriptions to those images for the longest time, I... I just avoided Facebook. What's the point of it? It's all right. images. It was, it was blank. Exactly. It would, it, it, my voiceover would say image or photo or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Now, when I'm browsing Facebook, it was just on the phone. I noticed the other day it's on the computer, which apparently it's been on the computer for a while. I just don't use Facebook from the computer that much. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can go through and it will tell me uh, photo, one person outside yard or photo, fire, one person. So that way you can have a mental image then of what you're seeing. Exactly. Well, you do a ton of stuff that is automated. And, you know, obviously there are reasons for that. But that's also something that I think everybody, you know, more and more is looking to do. So let's kind of talk through some of your favorite tools to automate things. You know, you talked about your your AI assistant. Um, and I think that's just cool. That That is nifty. Um, what other tools do you use to to keep things automated in your life? So, uh, you know, I <laughs> am all about automation and education. And, and I think that's important because you can combine the two of them and help a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of the tools that I'm using are ConvertKit for email autoresponder. I've got a story mm-hmm. about why I switched from AWeber after using them for four years to ConvertKit. Ah. And it's not what most people think. It's uh, accessibility related. And then I'm also using Thinkific for my LMS, uh, learning management system to deliver my courses. Mm-hmm. Uh, I use Text Expander on my Mac to quickly expand snippets of text. A very useful tool, even if you're a Windows user. And if you go to that resource list, I can get you a 10% discount, by the way. It is an cool. affiliate link. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I'm using SaneBox to manage my inbox. A beautiful tool to help uh, move non-priority messages out of my inbox I can get to inbox zero even though I've got 150 unread messages in my inbox I, I mm-hmm. one of these days I'll hit inbox zero again <laughs> and then uh, I use buffer and Hootsuite quite a bit too great you know and, and again anybody can use those and mm-hmm. I think it's something that people you know the busier we get the more we think we need to automate things and you know clearly you can over automate and lose that personal yeah. touch but, you know, the more that we can do, the more it frees us up to do other things. You know, you mentioned Hootsuite and Buffer. Those are fabulous tools to be able yeah. to schedule your posts out. Um, you know, and, and because, you know, I sit at my computer all day, but most people don't. So, um, and even I forget that, oh, hey, I was going to do a post about this or, or whatever. Well, there's, okay, so you mentioned over-automate. I'm, I'm looking at my YouTube channel because I want to mention some of the videos that I have talking about uh, some of the tools that I use. I can show you how I use some of those tools if people are interested. Cool. Um, but while automation is good, automation can can 
play havoc. So right. on my podcast, the Your Own Pay podcast, me and Demasi, who's my co-host, and, and he has not always been my co-host. It's just for a new segment that we're trying out and okay. we're loving mm-hmm. and the audience is loving, which is the most important aspect of it. And uh, so Demasi and I normally publish an episode Tuesday mornings at 5 a.m. West Coast time, which okay. comes out to be 8 a.m. Eastern. People Yay. can listen to the podcast on their drive to work or right when they get to work and they're trying to figure out what should I be doing that doesn't involve work. Um, no, no, people don't do that. <laughs> oh, no, not at all. And so it was great. And except for yesterday, so over the weekend, I said, hey, yeah, I'll, I'll edit your podcast because I'll sit down and mindlessly edit podcasts. That's what I like to do for fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, and someone said, hey, can I pay you to mindlessly edit my podcast? Of course you can give me money. I'd love it. Um, <laughs> but I forgot to edit mine and Demasi's podcast, which oh, I should no. have had edited last week. Right. So. Uh, Demasi had all of his automation and buffers set up and I'm looking at his profile right now and he did send out one tweet and we're fixing it right now. That was automated to go out and say, hey, go listen to the latest podcast episode because we batch record episodes. You know what that's all about. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the, the problem is that the episode is not going to be published until 5 p.m. tonight. So oh. we're using this as a learning experience to explain to people what happened and it's going to be coming out in our podcast. I'm going to start doing my own Friday personal podcast again because people said that they missed my solo podcast that I used to do. Mm-hmm. And so uh, on Friday, I'm going to explain to people what had happened. I honestly forgot to edit the podcast and it came out late, but we're going to publish it 5 p.m. for the next 30 days. Compare the stats ah. with the previous 30 days and see which one gets more downloads and more engagements. Did we plan on it yesterday when I wasn't editing my podcast but editing someone else's for a quick 20 bucks? No, but now we can take what we learned and, and what we accidentally did and learn something new from it. It could be a happy accident. Exactly, and that's what I'm hoping, but I don't know because we didn't try it because I'm like, oh, I'm already stuck in my regular routines of posting at 5 a.m. Why should I switch it? And now I, I messed that routine up, so why not switch it and try to learn from the analytics? Now, don't assume that I'm always that smart, but accidents happen, so right. why not try it? Mm-hmm. Right, right. Well, let's talk about your podcast because you've been doing it for quite a while. It's called Your Own Pay. Yep. So why that name? Oh, that's interesting. Okay, so back in, I got started doing digital marketing and and exploring, as you said in the interview, after my mother suddenly passed away in September of 2012. In December of 2012, I found a CPA offer, which stands for cost per action. um, And you get paid to acquire major companies free or low cost trial leads. So hydroxetones, one of the companies you pay four ninety nine for shipping. They automatically bill you 30 days later, um, $69.99 or whatever. But you agree to that by signing up for the terms and conditions that none of us read. Right. And so I was getting paid, you know, up to $150, $200 per sign up uh, per day, which adds up. You, you can, you can make a lot right? of money. Oh yeah. Lots of zeros. Yeah, but I had some moral dilemmas with it. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's like, did people really know this was what was going to happen? Right, and and we were publishing advertisements on Craigslist, posting ads that said, hey, you know, come here and you can learn how to make money. And anyone who's looking for employees, virtual assistants, go to Atlanta uh, Craigslist, go to Charlotte Craigslist, and go to Seattle Craigslist. In in the job section, instead of it being free, it costs $25. But for a work-from-home advertisement, I was pulling 150 leads per day for that $25. Um, so for someone who had never made money, 
money online and, and needed someone to talk to, it was a good way to, to invest $20, $25 and get leads and, mm-hmm. and have people to talk to because they were entering their name, email address, and phone number. <clears throat> So, uh, one thing that Craigslist did is they eventually blocked my domain name. I used to use myownpay.com mm-hmm. uh, because who wants to make my own pay? You know, was was my advertisement gimmick uh, scheme that I was using, and so I switched over to yourownpay.com because I'm like, well, you know, we can still work with that while we're writing our ads. Right. And at that point, I was also doing a shift. I'm like, you know, this isn't. This isn't fun for me. I can make a lot of money, but I'm not making the phone calls. My five-year-old at the time uh, was seeing me when he visited me during the summer as this guy who only sat on the computer and made phone calls, and I only got to see him for two months of the year. Uh, and and I, I hated it. I loved it because he knew what I did, but I hated it because I was sitting on the computer or always on my cell phone. Even if we were at the pool, I, I had my cell phone on the side. I'd jump out. If someone was calling, that could be money. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I started building my own website and I'm like, well, you know, I already registered your own pay. So I started blogging about how people can make their own pay with MLM or how people can make their own pay with, with, uh, affiliate marketing. And it never took off because I was never passionate about that, but I got connected and this long winded answer uh, to your question. Uh, I got connected with a, a guy in July of or August of 2015. And he's like, Michael, you've got an amazing radio voice and you've got emotion in your voice. You're, you're not one of these people who just talks like, (laughs) and and I I didn't realize it because I always second guess myself. I, I, I suffer with self doubt. It's a, it's a huge problem that I've dealt with for years, but not admitted to. Um, And so I, launched the podcast with a app on my iPhone called Boss Jock um, and the Apple EarPods in November of 2000. Uh, yeah, no, it was October, November. I always have to, October of uh, 2015. Mm-hmm. And I was doing daily podcast episodes. Horrible workflow, horrible workflow then. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Uh, so I would, my, I, I have my younger brothers living with me. Um, and, and so I would go wait for my my brother at the bus stop um, because the bus stop was a couple blocks away. I'd have my iPhone and I'd be sitting there recording the podcast episode in Bostock and then I'd drop it via FTP over cellular data into Libsyn. uh, And then when I got home, I'd type up the show notes and frantically go to get it published because I needed to publish an episode that day. Mm -hmm. And I never knew when it would get published or what time. And hopefully I got it published that day. And I did good. I I published, I think it was 90 episodes in a row in a day. It was great with that workflow. But I burnt myself out real fast. (laughs) So that's how it got started. Well, and it is hard when we kind of make that mental commitment to do something every single day. Um, You know, or or even once a week. Um, You know, and, and, and now, does it make us do it right when we have a schedule? Yes. But sometimes the, the work suffers. Um, mm-hmm. I was uh, at a conference a couple of weeks ago and one of the, the, and I won't mention him by name, but one of the leading marketing people was the keynote speaker. Uh-huh. And I told the person next to me that I had long before unsubscribed from that person's blog mm-hmm. because he was one who had said, I am going to blog every single day. And he did, but sometimes it was like a sentence, two sentences. It was clearly the, I just have to post something so that I can say I posted today type of of comment. 
And, you know, so then you didn't read it. And when he posted something that was very interesting, you missed it because you'd ignored the other five you got that week. So, you know, it, it is something that people need to keep in mind is your passion still has to be there. You know, and, and if it means that you don't meet your schedule, well, you know, some days that just happens. Well, and I so I started in October of 2015. I didn't hit and these numbers might sound big to some. They probably sound small to people in the industry. They sound tiny to me, but I didn't hit 10,000 downloads in total until August of 2017. So it almost took me two years to reach 10,000 downloads. I've I've gotten 3000 downloads since then. Um, So obviously the, the word's getting out more. But I wonder if that has something to do with my publishing a lot of content that wasn't of the best quality, though the people who did listen to the content that I published gave me good feedback about it. A lot of them were friends and thinking about it, that that could have been a problem. Right. Yeah. We, you know, we, we love that our friends and family support us, but yeah, we need those other people out there. Too. Yeah. Yeah. Someone to tell me, Michael, I don't care what you're doing uh, today while you're doing dishes. I want to know more about how can I automate getting content into my Twitter feed so I don't have to go find that content or Mm -hmm. or how can I automate capturing leads and keep track of where I'm getting those leads from? You know, the the type of stuff that that I glance over or that I kind of talk about and mention building a course. Oh, that's the other one. I hate how people sometimes don't keep you accountable to what you say you're going to do. But that's a totally different story. (laughs) Um, Yeah, but, you know, not getting the feedback from people um, about the things that they know you can talk about because mm-hmm. they don't want to hurt your feelings and say, right. I don't want to hear about this. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's funny because, you know, the content may very well not be something that the friends and family care about. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my friends and family, some of them are in business, some of them aren't. So some of them like what I'm talking about. Others could care less. So, you know, it really is about finding that audience and paying attention to them as opposed to who you think your audience is. Yeah. Yeah. And, and getting out there, like talking with you is an opportunity that I didn't think of until, well, I think a couple of weeks ago you published an episode by Max and, and Mm -hmm. he's, he's who I got connected to Mm -hmm. who I I don't know how to explain this, but he's the one who told me, Michael, you need to go get interviewed by other people. You Mm -hmm. need to share your message. I knew it, but I didn't do it until someone else told me to do it. Right. Well, and it's funny because we do somehow get in this mindset of it's a one-way street. Right. I'm I'm always the interviewer. I don't want to be the interviewee. Um, And it's funny because when I am interviewed by others, it's nerve-wracking. It's like, oh my gosh, what are they? What are they going to ask me? Are they going to ask me something I don't, you know? And it's like, oh no, you know. And but but you're right. We do tend to you know get stuck in this. It's a one-way street thing when you know there's there's so much information that we could be providing you know by going on other people's programs. Exactly. Or am I going to take control? So. Am I going to take control of the conversation? That is my biggest problem when I'm – well, not problem. That's my biggest quality when I'm an interviewer, my biggest Mm -hmm. problem when I'm being interviewed. Um, Because back in November, I – so for a while, I interviewed passionate professional blind individuals on Wednesday. I kind of ran out of passionate professional blind individuals. So if you know of any, have them reach out to me. I'd love (laughs) to chat with them. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, But – and I kind of laugh at that. I – 
wasn't making money from that aspect. So I, I stopped spending effort trying to find them. However, if someone comes out and they say, Hey, I'm a passionate professional blind individual. I'd love to use your platform to share my message. I'm going to jump on Skype because it automatically records and we're going to record an episode because it's content for me and Google loves content, Right. but it's, it's not something that I'm committing myself to. And I need to go update my Twitter profile at Payone to uh, reflect that I'm not publishing those episodes right now. Mm-hmm. But, uh, Oh, sometimes I get too excited and I forget where I was going with that. (laughs) Oh, let's see. Where were we? Um, Well, we'll have to come back to it because I was so engrossed in listening to that I forgot where we were going with that. If Um, it comes to me, I'll let you know. Oh, taking control of the conversation. So back in November, I was uh, interviewing a passionate professional blind individual. I thought. So this individual, we get three quarters of the way through the interview and I realized he himself is not blind. He's helping other blind individuals. But I'm telling everyone throughout the entire interview, we're interviewing passionate professional blind individuals. He's not correcting me and telling me that I'm blind. I'm, I'm, deduct, I'm figuring this out by his answer. So you have to take control of the conversation. So the first thing I asked myself before today's interview was, Michael, how are you not going to take control of that conversation? Leave it to Deb. You don't need to come up with the content and keep her talking. That's her job. (laughs) Well, but this is definitely a two-way street. So if you want to do some of that, that's fine. (laughs) Definitely. (laughs) So on your podcast, you know, because you do it fairly often, what subjects do you talk about? So right now we're publishing one episode a week, guaranteed. I, I, well... Until this morning, it was right. every Tuesday morning. Now it's going to be every Tuesday evening for the next month. Uh, on Tuesdays, me and my co-host, Demasi Thomas, he's actually out of Georgia. I think he's in Atlanta. I need to ask him now. Uh, okay. Me and my co-host uh, jump on Ringer, beautiful mm-hmm. app if you need to record on the go. If your guests don't have Skype and and they want good quality, use Ringer. Beautiful. I don't know why they want to have Skype. Mm-hmm. But anyways, um, <laughs> they – we jump on there and we record the podcast episode and then we get delivered via Dropbox a, a uh, folder with two different audio files, my audio and his audio, so we can edit those independently and make the quality sound good. That's what takes the longest time. Um, and then on Tuesdays, we publish those episodes and we're talking all about tech. So for the first 15 episodes, we've talked about cloud hosting. We talked about one password for an episode. We talked about cool tools for Mac OS and iOS. Uh, you know, we, we talked about inbox management and calendar management, and we've talked about uh, automation tools. Um, and, and there's a total of 15 episodes. The episode that's going to – or the yeah, the episode that's going live uh, shortly is – going to be all about WordPress and our entire month about June, our entire month of June is podcast episodes all about WordPress. And, and we published 16 episodes before or 15 episodes before we figured out the format of what we wanted to do. Uh, we, when we get together, we talk tech. That's, that's why we called it Demasi and Michael just talking tech. Cause that's, mm-hmm. that's what we do when we talk. And we're, yeah. So, so we're like, why not turn this, this what we're already doing into a hey let's jump on ringer and talk three different topics thank you trello for helping us keep uh, all that in in mind but let's let's talk three different topics this week and then one of us or both of us will go back in and edit that audio and turn it into a podcast episode and then publish it mm-hmm. and since we did it we're averaging about 150 downloads in the first week which That's- for me is amazing because it never got that high in the past so cool and then 
uh, we're publishing Thursday episodes. Now I'm publishing a video to um, YouTube. I'm experimenting with Facebook Live as well. And that YouTube video is teaching people something. And then we're taking the audio from that video and uh, multi-purposing it into a podcast, uh, extracting it with QuickTime and turning it into a podcast. Um, and that podcast episode on Thursdays will coincide with what Demasi and I are talking about on Tuesdays. But again, it took us 15 weeks to figure out how to get that into place. So that way we're, we're publishing that to two different types of content uh, every week. Mm-hmm. Have you ever thought about also having it transcribed so that if somebody really learns best by reading, they can do it that way too? Yes. And I was just introduced to a tool a couple of weeks ago that will help me get captions in because a lot of people that I didn't think about are deafblind. So they can't ah. hear what I'm teaching. They would use the knowledge, but they can read what I'm teaching on a Braille display. Hmm. Interesting. So, Interesting. Yeah, Rev.com is a great tool. And then Google yes. has their own um, cloud API that you can plug into using Alphonic. I'm not mm-hmm. sure if you use Alphonic to, to, to process any of your podcast episodes. Uh, but you can plug your... Uh, your workflow in Alphonic into Google Cloud API, and that will automatically produce a a cloud-generated transcript, which obviously is not perfect, but it gives you a a baseline to work with or or gives a virtual assistant a baseline to work with. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, and and nothing's ever going to be perfect. I remember when, you know, we first got scanners that would scan (laughs) text. And, you know, now it did pretty well if it was looking at, typed text yes but oh you know but it still you'd look at it and think why why would it come up with that how did it see that um so you always have to to proofread and and you know double check and make sure that what you said is what it said it you said (laughs) well and now you can scan with your phone i don't know if you knew that but you can snap a Mm -hmm. picture of documents and scan it with your phone that's how i read printed mail at times nice i love it you know, and, and again, these are tools that anybody can use. You know, we're, we're all busy. So how can we make life simpler so that, you know, we can, can go on with the other things that we're really wanting to do? Exactly. And Demasi is always teaching me new things, just like I'm always teaching Demasi new things. So uh, an app that we use on our iPhone now that confused me for a while just because it was so complex is called Workflow. And mm-hmm. you can plug Workflow into different apps. Uh, we use uh, – <laughs> I'm I'm avid Apple fan, although if Apple doesn't make any changes in the <laughs> near future, I'm a little disappointed and Android's kind of getting them with, with the innovations. Yeah, they're getting better. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, so we use an app called Drafts on our iPhone, and that's where all of our tech starts. It's it, You open it up. Demasi explained it in our Cool Tools episode uh, that – as a blind individual, because he's blind as well, he all he, I'll use the word he didn't want to use. He envied other sighted individuals because you can walk by, grab a piece of paper, grab a piece of cardboard, jot a phone number down, put something down, and look back at it later and try to figure out what that information was. Right. <laughs> Why did I write this down? Right, right. What, what importance did this have two weeks ago? <laughs> but – with with a blind individual, I have to find a braille writer or a braille labeler if I want to, or or a slate and stylus to braille something down, or open notes, hit the add new note button in the top right corner, create my note. Hopefully, it saves and the, nothing crashes. With drafts, you open drafts. You're in a blank edit box every time you open drafts. If you're out of the app for longer than thirty seconds, and that is customizable if you'd rather extend it or shorten it. Mm-hmm. But every time you're in, you open the app. You're in a new draft. If you hit the home button that draft is automatically saved as a draft 
And then you can act on it in the future. I have it set up so it tells me you've got 50 drafts in your inbox right now. Mm -hmm. So once a week, I need to go in and and do something with those drafts. Uh, And then they have extensions so you can send that text to any other programmer app. So we've got a buffer extension. You can write up all your tweets for that week and then send those tweets into buffer automatically with a, with a script. And the app's like five bucks on, on the app store. And if you don't know about it, then you don't know about it, but five bucks to save all that time and to keep all your thoughts. Like right now I'm, I'm keeping track of these uh, different apps that I'm mentioning. And when mm-hmm. I put together that email, there'll be affiliate links, Demasi's affiliate link in the iTunes store, because I'm too lazy to go set up an affiliate account. Why not have him get the credit for it Um, and and so i'm keeping track of all these and then when i go back and listen to the episode i'll be able to create that email quickly because i have Mm -hmm. the the names of the apps already in drafts right you know amazingly enough we're already at halfway through the interview wow (laughs) and i know you know we're just we're just flying through this i love the concept of drafts because you know, and, and I'm going to have to, to check it out and, and possibly purchase it because how many times are we driving or yeah. we're sitting and watching TV or, you know, and I'm like, okay, there's got to be a pen. You know, I'm looking all. And then, of course, by the time I find the pen, I forgot what it was that I was wanting to write down. And if I could just, you know, pop open the, the app on my phone and say whatever it is. Wow. Cool. 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 Drafts lives in the bottom right corner of my phone. Everywhere mm-hmm. I'm out on my phone, it's a tap of the home button, bottom right corner. Yep. You know, Two and, steps. And, and again, yeah, that's how you have automated it to make it so simple because, you know, it's it, it we've got to do that. I don't care, you know, whether, you know, cited or not, we have to go through and, and make all these things as easy for ourselves as we possibly can. But some of us don't think that. We think we have to do everything and make it right. as hard as possible because right. it has to be perfect. Yes. You know, and, and of course, that's the problem is we do expect that it has to be perfect. And I am one of those people. I'm very type A where it's like, oh, there has to be a comma there. There has to be a period there. And I'm like, OK, what's the purpose of it? Um, you know, what what is this? That You know, is it just a quick message that's going out? Does it have to have punctuation? Um, you know, and, and certainly there are times where it does have to be written well. Right. Or. You think it does. So someone told me, Michael, you have to spell all your Facebook ads right. You have to write them in perfect sentences. I hate grammar. I am not – I'm a speaker. I'm not a writer. Mm -hmm, I I can talk all day. Mm -hmm. I – experimented one time and saw someone else experiment one time with writing short sentences, using ellipses, not using false ellipses. That's not a word. Mm-hmm. Anyways, um, yeah, not using full sentences, using uh, grammar that was improper mm-hmm. and, and misspelt words. And they were getting more engagement on that advertisement. I, I don't, I got more click throughs. I did not get more opt-ins, but I think mm-hmm. that had a lot to do with my, my capture page, but right. yeah, it, it's it'd be flexible. You know, and, and it could be that they were reading it like you said it, and so you know that that kind of caught their attention. And and then they go to the capture page, and the capture page was all proper, and it didn't match the the language that was in the right. advertisement, mm-hmm. which should have been experimented with and was not. And that's right. my fault. Right. So, but yeah, it's funny. You know, many years ago, I worked for you know big corporate America client. <laughs> And I had, you know, someone that, that worked for me and um, the, the president of the company, we had done something really well. And he, we had a phone system where he could record a message that went to every single employee. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like three, three or four sentences. I mean, you know, clearly this was a short message. So I gave it to this other person to, to write up. I said, you know, write this for him. Here's what he wants. 
And then I didn't say, let me see it first. Uh. Because I'm thinking, okay, we're going to empower this young woman, yada, yada, yada. So, you know, task comes, task goes, and I get a phone call. Now, <clears throat> our phones had caller ID, and so I knew it was the president. And so, of course, I answer in my most professional tone, you know, and and. All this man says, not hello, not any, all he says is fire her. And I'm thinking, what's he talking about? You know, and so I said, oh, okay, well, you need to explain a little bit more about what's going on. Right, we can't just fire people. (laughs) Yes, yes. And so what she had sent him was just a stream of thought. There was no punctuation. There was no, no anything in it. And, you know, no capitalization. You know, she was in her early 20s. It was more like she was sending him a text message. And I told him, I said, okay, no, I'm not going to fire her. I said, we're going to use this as a learning experience and, and, you know, we'll, we'll get it, you know. And and so of course, part of the learning experience was I had to tell her, copy me. Um, (laughs) But, you know, I talked to her about it and I said, you were communicating professionally with the president of a multi-million dollar corporation. You communicated with them the same way you did your buddies at the bar. I said, do you see there needs to be a difference? Um, and, you know, and, and she actually, it, and it was something that had never really occurred to her. But part of that is knowing who your audience is. You know, who are you communicating with and, and why do you need to communicate in a specific way? Exactly. And uh, number one, as I said, I am horrible at grammar. Number two, my podcast is listed in explicit. Me and Demasi have done very good. We have not dropped any F-bombs no, or, no bad or words. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, we, we might have one or twice, once or twice. But the reason I listed in explicit is because in my past episodes, uh, I, I have a, a episode called meth, marijuana, juvenile detentions and my F ups. And, and I didn't use the F letter. Well, I used you, the you word. Spelled it yeah. Out. <laughs> um, but, but the, the reason why that was, was it was a, a story that I, a solo episode about 20 minutes that explains everything that I've gone through since my mother's passed away. Mm-hmm. And, uh, um, and so I listed my podcast in the explicit category because I know that at times I will slip up at mm-hmm. times. Right. I will say words that people mm-hmm. will get offended by. And you know what? Mm-hmm. If you get offended by the fact that I slip up, then you're not the right client for me because right. I know I'm going to slip up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have had to suffer a couple of relationships with people because number one, they didn't do their research on me. Number two, they reached in, in money is my, my weak point. Uh, my wife likes to shop. And so I like, yeah, we like to eat, you know, uh-huh. <laughs> and, and so, uh, so someone reaches out to me, Michael, will you edit my podcast? Michael, will you do my show notes? I wasn't passionate about the project and that's something that I'm learning about uh, mm-hmm. is, is only taking on projects that you're passionate about because then the attention to detail that you pay to that project will be better appreciated. Right, right. It goes up uh, exponentially. Right, right. And then you can charge more for that. Instead of $10 for a 20-minute episode, you can get paid the $50 or $60 that professionals are getting paid for that mm-hmm. episode and actually get actually have money to do something with right. mm-hmm. <laughs> lessons learned after doing mm-hmm. it for mm-hmm. five years. Oh, yes. mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> well, and you know, people use colorful language, you know, yeah. we'll just, we'll just say that. And you know, now there are people on Facebook that I have unfollowed yep. because they use it too much. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and, and it's just, you know, but I tell you what, if I, if I slam my finger in a door, I'm probably going to say things besides darn and fooey. Um, you know, and, and, but, but yeah, it's, it's interesting. Again, you have to know your market. Um, we, I had someone approach me one time who wanted to be on this program 
And that she swore like a sailor. <laughs> I mean, you know, and, and and I knew that because I had followed her on Facebook and, yeah. and all of these things. And what she did, she worked with very edgy clients. So that was, you know, it was it was appropriate. If she had gone in and, you know, talked, you know, the perfect Queen's English and all that good <laughs> stuff, they wouldn't have known what to do. No. Nope. But I told her, I said, I'm sorry, it really is a radio station and we, we do have to follow those laws. Yeah. So if you can't dial it back, then I can't have you on the program. And she said, well, then I can't be on the program. I said, okay, that's fine. Um, you know, and, and so, you know, and then I had somebody else one time who he said, you know, he, he on occasion would, would drop an F bomb. And I said, mm. now the nice thing about the fact that now, you know, we do say this is a live program, but folks secret here, we do record it. In advance. <laughs> um, I can, you know, I could go in and edit that out. And, and I told him, I said, that's fine, but it was so cute. He went and got his three-year-old daughter and put her in the room with him because he never swore when she was there. And I just thought that was so sweet. Um, but yeah, it comes back, know your audience. You know, if your audience is okay with a little salty language, that's okay. If, you know, if they're not, well, you know, then again, you have to decide, is that my audience or not? Right. Is that my audience or is that who I think my audience is? As, as, right. as, mm-hmm. as I was explaining when uh, my Wife was liking to spend money. Well, that's always. But when I was making a little bit of money um, for this one client, she listened to my podcast six months down the road and goes, I don't think we should work together. I'm like, really? You're, you're oh. just now? Okay. Uh-huh. She's like, well, your, your feelings aren't hurt? I'm like, no. I mean, honestly, I wasn't passionate about your work. project yeah. and yeah. I'm not going to uh-huh. change the way I am because uh-huh. you're offended by a couple of words that I've used in some passionate podcasts. Uh-huh. Um, there are plenty of people on the internet. You're not the only individual that I can work with. Right. And right. I would not have said that a year ago. I would have said, uh, okay, let me. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh-huh. it's a learning experience, realizing that there's more people out there like you and actually getting out there and connecting with those people. Right. You know, and it's all, <clears throat> excuse me, it's all about, as you said, being passionate about what you do and being authentic to yourself. Um, you know, that the woman that I mentioned, she just swearing like a sailor yep. was her. Yep. And if she had to not do that, it, she, her conversation was going to come across so stilted <clears throat> that it just wasn't going to work. So, you know, yeah, are there times that we don't swear and we don't cuss or, you know, we make sure that, that our grammar is correct. Now, I am kind of one of those grammar Nazis on, on Facebook, and that just drives me nuts when I see things. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, but I, I don't correct anybody. I'm like, uh-uh, no, no. Um, but I do laugh you know, when people correct things. I'm like, oh, my God. You know, so, some of the funniest memes out there are, you know, when, when somebody is correcting somebody and, and they're not getting why they're being corrected. Right. Um, you know, and, and, but, you know, we slip up too, because we're doing it, you know, I'm, I do a lot of uh, voice texting because, you know, I'm sometimes driving when I'm doing that and, you know, and, and I'm certainly not going to try typing. And so it will put in the wrong word or it will, and, you know, those are like happy little accidents, um, you know, and, and, and I tell people if it's an egregious error that you can't fix. Now, the cool thing is Facebook lets you go in and edit, but, mm-hmm. you know, and, and you can always edit your website, all these various things. You know, if if you can't edit it for some reason, then delete it. Um, yeah. You know, or you know, make a joke of it. Say, "Oops." What's Ha-ha. your What's your workflow for for dictating? You mentioned you dictate in the car, so I got I got to hear this one. You know, it's just kind of one of those things. Um, in Atlanta, nothing is close. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you have to yeah. drive, and and you know, I I know that's uh, you know pretty much the case. You know, in in a lot of big cities. 
And so I will, um, you know, I, I text with my friends a lot uh -huh. when I'm in the car. And so I just do, I use the the little microphone um, that oh. comes, you know, with the text thing and I just do it that way. But yeah. I am one of those, period, comma, you know, and, and then when it doesn't do it, I'm like, mm, you know. So, um, so you, you have experienced the 15 to 30 second uh, uh, experience. You you can't dictate forever. You can't dictate a book or or no. uh, whatnot because you have to keep hitting that microphone. You definitely need to go down the drafts. Accuracy is improved by about 60 to 70 cool. percent on mm -hmm. dictation because they use Nuance for their dictation software, ah. which is a company behind Dragon. Mm -hmm. um, and then they also have no limitation to the dictation. So you can dictate an entire PDF mm -hmm. book without having to hit that microphone button. And there's a pause button, so if you have to pause and, and think and then hit mm -hmm. resume, you can hit resume and continue your dictation. Nice. Well, and, you know, I love that tip because how many people are saying, oh, my gosh, I want to write a book. Yeah. But I'm not going to sit down and type it you yeah. know, for whatever reason. You know, maybe their typing is bad or, excuse me, or maybe they, they do have arthritis or, or whatever. And so to be able to dictate it. And, you know, I'm, you're a lot younger than I am, so you probably weren't even born when there were these actual things called dictation machines. And, no, and no. And you controlled it with your foot. That was, oh. what, it was so funny. And, and so, you know, you'd, you'd press down, it was kind of like an accelerator. Mm -hmm. so you press down when you were recording, and when you wanted to pause, you just lifted your foot up, and then you pressed down again. And, um, you know, and, and then somebody would have to put the little earphones in mm -hmm. and type, you know, the, the dictation. So, you know, that that big wig would dictate and then some little, you know, peon person would have to to uh, do the typing. So we're kind of reverting back to that. But the cool thing is that now it is all automated. Right. Um, you know, you can use Dragon or, you know, uh, Draft or all of these various programs to be able to get your message out there. So no longer can people say, well, I didn't want to <laughs> type it. <laughs> yep. Yep. Well, and. Maybe you're a podcaster. Maybe you're like me. You don't your grammar or your typing is not the best, but you can talk all day long. So right. why not talk and turn those words into text mm -hmm. with the technology that's in your pocket? Right. You know, and and you know, we've we've talked about knowing your audience, knowing your customer. People learn in different ways. Mm -hmm. You know, for some people, they do not want to listen. You know, for whatever reason. You know, and and I I'm like that in a lot of ways. I'm like, oh, squirrel. So <laughs> you know, if and and. Very quickly, a lot of times things become white noise to me yeah. because I don't pay attention. So I need to either see it as in a video mm -hmm. or read it. And then I'm going to grasp it a lot more. Of course, other people, you know, they're they're the people who, you know, they download our podcast and then they listen to while they're exercising. Yeah. You know, walking the dog, driving in their car, all those various things. And that's the only way they're going to get the information um, because, you know, they're they're in the car for a half hour, hour. And so they can, you know, you've kind of got them as a captive audience. Yeah. But, you know, it, it really does come back to what we've been saying. You have to know your audience. I think that's the, the overall overall theme of this episode is knowing your audience is, is the key of, of realizing how you can best help them. And there are ways to automate that. I mean, ConvertKit will let you tag people based on links that they click on. So if, if someone went and they went to your pay.com forward slash MHR, they filled out the information there. And then I send out a survey next week and I say, Hey, do you want to learn more about automation on the Mac or automation on windows? And people click on automation on the Mac. I can send them Mac specific tools in an automated series. Or if they click on windows, I can send them automated tool. I don't, don't expect this because I, I'm not committing myself to that right now. <laughs> 
it's just uh, pie in the sky. Yeah, yeah but, but you see what I'm saying, though. You can tag mm-hmm. people and send automated series of emails. And that's possible with the technology. And it's affordable. I can right. do that for 30 bucks a month, not mm-hmm. $500 to $1,000 a month for what's often known in the industry as Confusionsoft. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and, of course, the, the thing to remember is when you're automating it, you're saving your time. So maybe it did cost $30 to buy the software, and in your time, it took you three or four hours to get it all set up for the month and, and all those various things, but then you're pretty much done with it. you know. And, and if you had to keep doing that project over and over and over and over, for one thing, you're probably going to stop doing it, you know, or it will be delayed. You're like, oh, I'll send that email tomorrow, you know, or, or whatever. Publish and that podcast yeah, tonight. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's like, oh, I'll get to it whenever. And then whenever never comes. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's just providing much better customer service and customer support by doing as much automation as you can. But not taking that. You, you published, I forget who it was. Um, it, it was published on the 26th, I think, of May. Uh, and you were talking about different big box stores that took the personal brand out of, or the personal aspect out of the brand uh, right. where people would get, get into the company expecting this great experience. And then they mm-hmm. met your staff and your staff gave them this nasty flavor in their mouth and they said, you know, what? I don't, I don't want to do this anymore. You can do that with automated too. You got to look at automation mm-hmm. as it, your, it, it's part of your team. It's your staff. And you know, I will go back because with X.AI, that Amy assistant, I'll go back. I don't do it on every message because if I did, then what would be the point of using automation? Right. But mm-hmm. I'll go back and I'll, I'll do a quick glance and see what Amy's sending on my behalf uh, mm-hmm. because I want to know what people are receiving. And if there's a problem with it, I'll reach out to support and I'll be like, hey, because I love it. They're like, if you have a problem, reach out to a human by using human at X.AI because I love it. it's automated. But I'll reach out to a human. I'll be like, hey. You know, we we have this issue with this message, but if you're not looking at this, they don't have the time to go look at everyone's message because obviously that's their business model. Mm-hmm. So you right. using the automation need to be looking at what the automation is doing. Make, go subscribe to your own email list. Click the links. Mm-hmm. Find out the whole right. automation is working. Find what out your people get. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> yeah. And and it's funny. I was uh, we've we've got about ten minutes left, and so uh, you were we're talking obviously about automation and things. I use a program called Schedule Once mm. so that people can book time. And that's what we use to schedule people for the radio program, all this stuff. And, and of course, you set up response emails. Yeah. You know, thank you so much. And, blah, 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 blah. and you know, and you try to write them so that they're somewhat personal. You know, I always love the getting the, dear, your name. You know, <laughs> that's really not what I put in there. Um, you know, and, and, or, you know, it's, uh, you know, it, or dear and, and a blank because yeah. I didn't put a name, you know, all those things. But so, you know, I use this Schedule Once program. I like it. Um, it is a paid service. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it, it sends out all these. So it also sends out a reminder email a week before. Hey, your your yes. meeting is set up. You know, all those various things. But there's no way to test it. And so, you know, and, and so I contacted their real life person. And I said, I want to see what it looks like. What are people getting? And what they told me was, you're going to have to sign up yourself. 
And I thought, well, then that doesn't really work because some of this stuff we're doing weeks in advance. Mm-hmm. So it's not like I could generate it to send it to me right away to make sure that – and then by the time it really sends it, I wouldn't remember what it was. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, I just don't understand why I can't see the template. Yeah. <laughs> and they were perplexed. I mean they could not understand. Now, I don't know if I was using it in a way that they hadn't thought of. <laughs> But it was a feature that they had. So it was just kind of bizarre because, yeah, it, it was, well, send it to yourself. Yeah. Okay. But they did have a point. You should sign up for your own emails, uh-huh. all of those various things, because you want to see, is it saying, dear your name, you know, or, or you know, all those various things. What the heck are you sending out to people? Because it's how you're representing yourself and your brand to the world. Or did I forget that capital in that page title? So now people are getting page cannot be found. That right. is my oh, worst yeah. culprit. Yes. You know, <laughs> if, if you're putting links in, you darn well better check that those links yes. go in the right spot. Please. Or that you've got the right phone number, the right email address, all yeah. those various things. Right. Definitely. You know, and, and it's funny. Again, we're talking about how to save time. You know, I, I had one last week where I got the dear your name here. And you know, it's funny, I didn't even pay any attention to, mm-hmm. you know, it was, I just kind of laughed because the person was a high level marketing person and, and we had paid a lot of money to be part of, of what they were doing. So they took the mea culpa, you know, exactly what you did with, um, with your, your, uh, podcast by, you know, saying, oops, well, we, we, we sent this out to dear your name just goes to show that we're not perfect either. Right. Um, you know, and, and, but they had signed up themselves. So that's how they knew, oh my gosh, look what we did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and it happens to all of us. I mean, it's not the end of the world. People are going to realize. And, and I think the more you admit that, the more authentic you're going to be with people. Right. And they're going to realize that you don't have to be perfect to do business. You don't have to be this corporate 500 or 200 or whatever people to, to make success happen. Right. Well, and I'm not perfect. I know hard to believe, (laughs) but I don't want to do work. I don't want to work with somebody perfect or, or somebody who's going to expect perfection from me. Now, should they expect high quality? Yes. Good quality. All yes. You know, definitely. But if they're expecting total perfection, well, they're not going to get it. Nope. Um, you know, and and are those those people out there? Sure. You know, obviously there's there's reasons why they're really type A people. But, you know, it, not not for me. Right. Right. And they're, they're not for everyone. And realizing that, again, goes back to knowing who your audience is. Right. So, Michael, we've got about five minutes left. I want to talk more about your podcast. What were some of your favorite episodes? And, oh, wait, let's take a step back first. Where do people find your episodes when they want to listen to them? Oh, just search for Your Own Pay Podcast in your favorite podcast app. I need to get into TuneIn, but I'm in all the other ones. Um, oh. Yeah, your own, uh, iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Play Music, uh, yeah. And player.fm. If you're interested in podcasting, that is a great resource that has some amazing SEO cloud, by the way. Anyways, um, so my favorite podcast episode, I've got a couple of them. I did a series and they're not available. Well, you can find them if you search uh, Google for them. But I've got a a four-part series talking about why I switched from AWeber to ConvertKit. I love those four episodes. They're CK1 through CK4 is how you can find them. Just CK1, your own pay, or shoot me an email or reply to the email and I'll – Actually, I'll just link okay. to the email. If people go to youronpay.com slash MHR. And uh, the other one that I really love is when I talk to people about how I met my or, or how me and my wife got 
connected because that is my number one downloaded episode because people share that story. Um, so those who don't know, my wife and I got connected in 2010. Um, she, I, I searched Facebook. So she used to be my manager's supervisor and okay. she leaned over my shoulder and helped me with a, a call. Uh, I was taking calls for Sprint Wireless and she was giving me a hand for, for some stuff that I was working on. And I, I smelled her perfume because obviously I didn't see her. And I sent my supervisor a message and I said, hey, Tammy, here's a weird question for you. Do you know what kind of perfume Mallory wears? She's mm-hmm. like, that's kind of weird, but no, I can possibly uh-huh. find out. <laughs> and so that night I searched on Facebook for Mallory and I found her mm-hmm. and she had her phone number publicized. I don't think it is. I need to go look and see if it is because if it is, we need to talk about that. Uh-huh. <laughs> but I sent her, She's married now. Right, right, right. I sent her a text message uh, on her phone and we never talked before aside from that one time she helped me. And I'm like, hey, mm-hmm. if you don't want creepy blind people to have your phone number, you shouldn't put your number on Facebook. And <laughs> <laughs> we are are now married and and I, I think that's my number one episode because I go more in depth talking about that story and then I, I tie it back to telling people that you know what the stories you tell are this are, are what people are going to remember and they're what people are going to tell their friends and family about you and the mm-hmm. experiences are just the added details mm-hmm. you know and and that is so true you know it's we're not perfect we make mistakes. We do all of these things, but it makes us human. Yeah. And what are those stories that come from that? And and how are you leveraging them? Because I held all my stories in forever. I mean, who wants to hear about this blind guy who jumped off of a train trestle uh, 30 feet in the air? Land, my, my dad told me to keep my arms straight. He didn't tell me to keep my legs straight. Use your imagination about what that did for oh, a 14-year-old boy. And, uh-huh. and you know, who, who wants to hear those stories? But again, the, telling that story, that's another episode where I related that to what I was doing in business, just taking the jump and, and making it happen. And that story is what people know me from. So tell your stories. Right. right. Well, and the stories, again, are what make us makes us human. And we, we think about it. And we go, oh, I could have done that. Or, oh, I did that. Or I know somebody who did that. And so then that gets embedded in our memory. You know, we don't remember, you know, the specific, hey, buy from me. This is what the price is. But we remember the story that they told that pertained to it. Yeah. Now, as a podcaster or a speaker or a presenter, I'm, I'm looking into doing 20 paid presentations by the end of this year uh, cool. for speaking. I don't know where that goal came from, but it came to me last week. So I'm going to try to try to make it happen. Uh, but as a speaker or presenter, you need to remember to tell those stories. I forgot about those two stories and I was going to try to weave them earlier into the conversation to keep engagement. Mm-hmm. But get them in there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, and, and, and it is about making us human. You know, we, we've said it several times, we're not perfect, you know, and, and so how can we tell those stories? And, and now folks, they have to be true. Yeah. This is, you know, we don't exaggerate. We don't carry on, you know, all these various things. That's a whole Um, new episode. (laughs) You know, and, and unless you are, you know, clearly making it, you know, now picture this type of, of thing. So the people know that, okay, this is fiction. But yeah, if you're telling a story about yourself, it does need to be true and about yourself. Exactly. So. Michael, this has been absolutely fabulous. Um, I've been having a wonderful time chatting with you. We're going to definitely have to thank Max for introducing us because uh, this came about through an uh, introduction through Maxwell Ivy. Again, you never know where your connections are going to come from, folks, so always keep your mind open. 
Um, but tell people one more time how they find you and connect with you online. Best way to get a hold of me is at yourownpay.com or to get, again, the reference links or apps that we talked about today, yourownpay.com forward slash MHR for Mile High Radio because it's a pleasure being here, Deb, and, and I really appreciate that. And then, of course, Great. on Twitter at Payown, P-A-Y-O-W-N. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. You know, and, and um, it's it's one of those things where it's – Simple to do, but we need to take the time to do it. So connect with everybody. Make sure that we are always having those great connections. And you know, think about who is your audience. What you know, what do you need to tell? All these various things. And I tell you what, go back and listen to this program again because I think you're really going to get a ton of great information from it. I'm going to go listen to it. <laughs> well, that's because you had you said you had to look for the links. <laughs> Don't tell anyone. But 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 I got this draft document here too. <laughs> this is true. This is true. Well, I really have been having a great time talking with Michael Babcock today on Mile High Radio. Again, you can find him at yourownpay.com. All of his information is there. Michael, until next time, this has been fabulous. I am Deb Creer, and everyone have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer. Join us next time for more real-life stories and techniques to power up your business. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.